Hi everyone, welcome to the first ever Team Engineer Talks podcast episode created by Engineera, which is a 501c3 youth-led nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting and providing engineering education to K-12 students. Team Engineer Talks is a tech news podcast focusing on the high school perspective on current engineering and STEM topics. My name is Krish Rora and I'm co-hosting with Anshu Patel and we are joined today with Srina Durjadi, the founder of Engineera as our guest. So hi, um, my name is Srina Durjadi, and as mentioned before, um, I'm the founder of Engineer Inc., um, which is essentially uh, a nonprofit dedicated to uh, promoting and providing engineering education. So um, I'm great to, I'm more than happy to be on today to guest um, on this new podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion that we will be having today. And today we're going to be discussing the latest Apple event. And let's start off with the iMac. So um, starting off with these uh, colors, um, the first thing I want to say is that I think that um, this is a good step in the right direction for Apple. Um, ever since you know the uh, establishment of Apple as a tech company um, under Steve Jobs, um, Jobs kind of championed the policy of uh, limited uh, customization for um, their products. Um, Jobs really didn't want customers to be able to um, change up their Macs to their own personal liking. He wanted um, their computers to be um, set so that it's the same for everyone. And this was kind of um, polarized since uh, Steve Wozniak, who was also a design lead at Apple, he kind of wanted this customization for um, customers. Um, but Steve Jobs um, famously kind of denied Wozniak from leading that vision for Apple. And then since the kind of death of Steve Jobs, um, uh, Apple has been leading this sort of pathway for um, innovation, but less about um, customization for uh, users. And I think now we're seeing Apple kind of opening up these new different colors for users to kind of choose which one they like the most. I think this is a definitely a good step in the right direction. Um, since now um, you can kind of customize your Mac more. I know that um, around five, 10 years ago, the old iMacs, you can customize them except for, you know, how big you want them. Um, so I definitely like the new colors and how they're kind of promoting um, the new iMac. As for the chin, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the chin. I think that by sacrificing um, this sort of, I think the sacrificing design for kind of specs and um, this sort of very thin uh, iMac, I think that the chin is kind of, it makes it a, le a bit less easy to look at. I think that if they were to remove the chin, it would look a much better um, Mac. Um, by having this sort of very big chin on the bottom, it kind of obstructs your view of everything else on the screen. Um, and it's just kind of there. There's no real purpose of it. Um, yeah. They chose not to put a speaker on it. I think if they put like a speaker, um, it would have looked um, a lot better. It would have an actual purpose. They didn't even choose to put the Apple logo on it. The chin is kind of like, as Anshul mentioned, hosts all of the main um, parts of the computer. Um, everything else like thermals are kind of hosted in the main um, upper body of the uh, iMac. But I think that um, having it less than an inch thick is kind of just for 
a conversation starter. I don't think it's really that necessary to um, have it that thin while, while also as a byproduct of that, having this huge chin on the bottom. Um, when you're looking at the kind of computer, you don't really see the back of it. You know, if it's a, a desktop computer, you're looking at the front of the screen. Yeah. I think it's really nice that they're kind of including these more customizable options for users. There's definitely a still a long way to go in terms of making um, iPhones a lot more um, unique for users, but um, yeah, definitely a uh, step in the right direction. Um, but going back to my current um, uh, statement, so um, I think that if Apple was to, or I was saying that, so I have a, currently I have a 2013 um, iMac um, and it's about six uh, inches deep in terms of depth. Um, I don't really notice that. I've never really noticed that it, how how much of it's is depth. Yeah. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I'm always looking at the front mm -hmm. of the computer. I'm never looking at the back. Um, so I think that if, I think that Apple should have made it, you know, a bit thicker um, to remove that bezel or that chin. Um, and I think that would look um, a lot better. But what do you guys think about that? I agree that it should have been, they should have focused more on the internals and what it brings. But I feel like uh, Apple, they um, recognize the Apple's like users. They care a lot about aesthetics and how like your new device looks like. So it's important that they're bringing it super thin and bringing a lot of colors. It's more customizable, like you said. It's really important for the user point of view. But with this thinness, they do lose a lot of aspects that a whole all-in-one PC would have. Like, mm -hmm. there is no headphone jack in the back. I mean, a lot of people use headphones. That's going to be kind of a hassle, buying a converter, everything, a dongle for that. But Actually, even though the chin, I feel like if they're going to put internals, like everything connected on the chin, they could have added at least a speaker in the front. Uh, going back to what you said, so you mentioned that there was no headphone jack on the back. So there actually is a headphone jack um, mm -hmm. on the side of the computer. Um, the entire um, thickness of that new iMac is about, I think, 11 millimeters. And a headphone, a typical headphone jack is about 14, 14 millimeters. millimeters. So obviously yeah. they couldn't put it back in the back. But there's actually a headphone jack on the side. Which personally, okay. I prefer yeah. that um, since it's kind of easier for yeah, easy um, to access. Yeah, it's more way more easier to access. Um, when I use headphone jack on my current iMac, I have to kind of twist the entire um, computer so that I'm able to access the headphone jack yeah. on the back. Um, but now that it's on the side, it's a lot easier to um, use. And uh, going back to what you also said, um, I completely agree that these colors are something that are really nice to see Apple is doing. Um, but yeah, definitely, they could have done a lot better with the chin of the iMac. I think it kind of brings down its whole um, look in terms of um, when you're looking at the screen all day, that chin gets really annoying to look at. Um, they definitely could have made it thicker and put a speaker there, um, or at least put some sort of design. But yeah, that's just I my have, I believe they have under, uh, they, they have speakers, but it's just not uh, uh, open. To see. Yeah, the speakers are on the back of the. Yeah. Um, I believe that they are, um, Dolby speakers, so yeah. they're really mm -hmm. good speakers. They're, they're but, nice speakers. Yeah. Um, but since they're on the back, they're kind of, like, the sound is worse than if yeah. it was on the front. Because if it was on yeah. the front, it's directly 
but since it's on the back, it's bouncing off the wall, then it goes to your ear. Um, but yeah, definitely they could have done a lot better with that uh, chin. Yeah, also... They could have utilized the space better. And yeah. what I feel like, even though they tried to make a new design, like, let's look at the iPad Pro. They have, it's a full screen. There's no chin, nothing like that. Like, on the previous models of the iPad, you see huge bezels. If they could have yeah. implemented something like that on the iMac, that probably yeah, would have been yeah. a better design option. Because they already yeah, have the speakers in the back. They already yeah. have everything else on the side. So why couldn't they just remove the chin? I yeah, think. I agree. I think another thing that ties everything together in the iMac is the uh, similar colored uh, 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 Magic Keyboard and Magic Mouse. Mm -hmm. That kind of is a nice thing to, to add with the iMac. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool addition. Now, adding on to that, they actually added a touch, um, a finger touch a sensor. So instead of putting on uh, your password, you can just put on your finger on the uh, keyboard. This was already an option on um, the previous MacBook uh, Pros, I believe, but it's yeah. great that they're now adding it onto iMac, so it's a lot more feasible for, um, you know, people who are uh, doing a lot of work every day, um, and just makes it a lot more easier for them to access the computer, um, as well as safety concerns. So now that there's a fingerprint sensor, it's a lot easier, it's a lot safer and secure, um, which is something that Apple has always championed is kind of security and safety for its users. Um, this is something that a lot of people, this is the reason that why a lot of people choose to use Apple products is because of the a ton of security features. Um, they have a lot of um, protocols for making making sure that your iCloud account, your devices are safe. Um, yeah, I think that it's really nice that they're bringing that uh, fingerprint technology to uh, these new um, iMacs. Another thing that uh, we're still waiting on, the iMac 27-inch, hopefully they fix some of these issues such as the bezel and maybe make it a bit thicker mm -hmm. so they can fit all the internals in, in behind the screen instead of the bezel, which would be a cool addition. Yeah, uh, even if it goes a little bit thicker, I feel like if they put the chin and everything yeah. on the back, that would be so much better than everyone seeing it in the front. Also, another thing that the iMac 24-inch uh, has is the white... Uh, mini bezel around the screen which i completely disagree with they should yeah. just have it black so it blends yeah. in with the screen that's yeah. true yeah um i believe they went with white to kind of go with the entire aesthetic and the, the yeah. vibe of this new um this new imac product that they're releasing if you watch the apple event um it was kind of more about light colors um and more about you know kind of spring vibes um in terms of having like this um, you know, feeling of joy. I think that they chose white because it kind of more accurately describes and represents that feeling instead of yeah. um, black, which if you look at the new colors, they're mostly um, light. light, yeah, light colors. Mm -hmm. I think that black would kind of make the color, like contrast with the colors and make it a bit um, less um, good looking. Even if they contrast, like uh, with since the iPhone X, I think, They've stopped having the white screens. Like iPhone 8, if you bought a, uh, if you bought a white I iPhone, they would have a white like bezels. But then on the iPhone 10, if you even if you bought a white iPhone, there would be uh, black bezels, which I think makes it look a lot nicer because it blends in better. But in my yeah. opinion, white just looks kind of old, even though it is like a spring vibe, like you said, Trina. I yeah. feel like black would just fit in more with the screen. 
yeah. it won't look out of place. White just looks like it's just an older design. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, going back to kind of Apple's first computers, um, they had these um, white bezels that they used on mm -hmm. their computers. Um, yeah. Going back to, I think the the Lisa Mac, um, they they use these white bezels. So they're kind of going for this, as you mentioned, this kind of retro vibe. Um, but personally, I would kind of go for the black bezel. I think it looks a lot nicer um, mm -hmm. on the eyes instead of the white bezel. But um, I definitely see the reason as to why they use uh, white bezels. Another reason for the bezel may be to preserve the iMac look because other than the iMac G4, all of the iMacs have that bezel on the bottom. It gives it its unique look. Uh, I think they should move away from it, but yeah. Yeah. They don't even have the Apple logo on it. Like, what are it's they on doing? The back. Yeah. On the front, usually they have yeah. it on all the other MacBooks. Yeah. This one just looks out of place now. Yeah. I definitely agree that they could have done something with the. Um, um best for the chin in the front they decided to put the apple logo on the back um they kind of enlarged it and uh, put it on the back of the imac but again you're not really going to see the back of the, your um desktop all that often yeah. it's more about what's on the front and i definitely think that they could have done a lot better with the design on the, front the way they showed the it chin. yeah the way they showed it in the apple event was like a desk completely in the middle of the room i'm pretty sure like most of us and most people have mm -hmm. a wall behind their desk. Yeah. Um, well, I, I for one do. I don't yeah. have my desk in the middle of a random room. But the way they showed it made it look very nice. But yeah. that's not really how it's going to look. Yeah, I agree. They kind of um, placed it there so that the camera could kind of show the 360-degree view of the yeah. iMac and its look on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but realistically, not everyone's going to have a like a business desk in the middle of their room. Um, as you mentioned, my computer, I uh, have it, the back of it is against the wall, um, as I'm sure with a lot of other people who use um, computers or desktops. Um, but yeah, you're, they definitely could have, you know, put the logo on the front. Um, I, I personally think the logo on the front or back doesn't really matter. I, I just don't like the chin as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I personally don't agree with the chin, but um, since it's there, you might as well. I think that Apple could have done a, a, some sort of design on it instead of just yeah. it just being blank, or at least yeah. speaker, especially for its size. Would, yeah, especially for its size. Yeah, um, it's really big. It's you can't not notice it. Um, but they definitely could have put. Um, I would have much rather have it the Mac more thicker and have a huge speaker than kind of what it is right now. Yeah. So moving on, I feel like the new power adapter that they bring, it's a it's like their MagSafe 2 connector just magnetically attaches. And one thing that I really like about this, the Ethernet cable, it's yeah, on the power on the adapter. Yeah, yeah, that's so much better than having it on the actual screen because then your wire connects from the ground to the screen. Yeah. From here, you could just connect it to the brick and no wires. It's so easy to cable manage. Looks so much better and so much cleaner. Also, yeah, I... the... This Mac is so thin that the uh, battery cannot fit in the Mac, so it has an external power mm -hmm. brick, which yeah. is what allows them to put the Ethernet cable on it. And I think this is a good move because uh, PC is just going to stay in the same place like 
an iMac, it's just going to stay in the same place. So it doesn't really matter if it's in. If you want to make it thinner, you can take out the battery, which is a good move. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Most laptops nowadays and PCs, some of them, they still have a huge power brick that you have to bring along because your battery is not going to last that much. So I feel like this one was an improvement to the previous MacBook. They made it much thinner. They made it so the battery could be outside and it's not affecting anyone, to be honest. Like, it's not going to get in anyone's way. Yeah. Also, uh, we didn't really touch up on this, but the M1 chip, uh, if it proves to be anything in the new iMac, I mean, new mm -hmm. MacBooks, uh, I believe it's going to be incredible in this uh, this iMac as well. Yes, so, um, yeah. Going back to what Chris was talking about, about the power adapter, um, I definitely like what they did with putting the Ethernet cable onto the adapter itself instead of having to run it all the way down to um, whatever um, ports that you may have below your computer. Um, I also like that they added a magnetic um, cabling. So I currently have a 2015 iMac Air, or not iMac, uh, MacBook Air, um, and it has a magnetic um, charger. So how it works is that the um, charger just magnetically connects to the computer. So um, it's just really easy to use and it doesn't take that much work. Um, you can just put it on um, less than two seconds. Um, but what they did after that um, for the newest um, MacBooks was that they used a traditional kind of, um, you know how on your phone, you can just plug it in um, mm. with a lightning cable. So they kind of did that instead of magnetic, um, you plug it in, but a lot of flaws came with that. Um, so that many people, what they would do is that um, they would kind of trip over the wires. But if you had a magnetic one, the magnetic one just kind of came off easily. Um, but since it was then on the newest one, the wire was plugged into the um, computer. Once you trip on that, it kind of takes the entire computer with it, um, which posed a lot of uh, problems for a lot of people. So I'm glad that kind of bringing back this magnetic um, port. I know this, that right now it's just the um, power adapter, but I think it could say something for the future of Apple in terms of what they're doing for their um, newest wires. Um, I think the other thing I was talking about for the power adapter was that now it has a more customizable um, cable. For, so mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. color of it um, depends on what the color of your new um, iMac is. So I think that's a lot, a lot better and nicer. Um, and something that, as I mentioned, going back to my previous um, thing that I was talking about, I think it's a lot nicer for Mac or Apple to let users customize their um, their new uh, IMAX to this extent. Yeah. So moving on to the second point uh, that Apple presented in their uh, event was the new I I iPad Pros. Mm -hmm. uh, this argument was posed uh, when the last release happened uh, with the variation of the iMac Pro, which uh, didn't have the bezels. And can the iMac Pro really replace the MacBook? or a laptop for that matter. I feel like so, the iMac probably, I mean, sorry, the iPad Pro, it could be kind of a replacement because both the iMac and the iPad Pro now have the M1 chip, which includes, what was it, eight cores and eight threads, eight, which four cores being high efficiency and four cores being performance. And this like, completely outperforms Intel CPUs. It brings your graphics um, a bit higher than a 1050 Ti, I'm pretty sure. 
So I feel like if you're doing it solely on like a work basis, you probably will be able to replace your iPad. But even though no matter like how strong the chip is, the iPad won't be as um, high as like an iMac. It won't have the same exact features. Like if you're looking on the coding aspect, you can't do as much on an iMac than you can on like an i. I'm sorry, an iPad than you can do on an iMac or a laptop. Yeah, I I agree with this. Uh, I think the main thing holding it back from becoming a competitor in the laptop industry is the fact that the iPad can't download software mm-hmm. such as you know Photoshop, all that. They have the light versions, yeah, but um, a lot of it is limited to Windows and Mac users only. So it's not as high tech as a MacBook would have. Yeah, and it's more like. It doesn't have a lot of compatibility features like a MacBook. You could connect different ulterior sources to it, but on an iPad, you can't do anything. It's just a keyboard. Yeah. Also, yeah. I think it's really interesting that it has two terabytes of storage, which is mm-hmm. uh, as max, which is ridiculous because even my computer right now doesn't have two terabytes. I think yeah, that's. Um, really kind of building on what you guys said, um, I don't think that Apple. Um, the new iPad Pro would be a replacement for any sort of laptop or desktop. Um, main reason why is that a lot of, if you're a business or not a business, um, if you're a kind of employee of a large company, you're not going to use an, um, an iPad Pro over a desktop due to the fact that a lot of applications cannot run on an iPad, um, exactly. including um, Final Cut Pro or uh, SolidWorks, um, any coding yeah. um, softwares. So I think that the the iPad Pro is more for um, users who kind of want to have um, less about uh, work and more about entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and building on building on the other point that was brought up is that um, two terabytes of storage. That's definitely not needed. I don't think anyone's going to use yeah. two terabytes of storage on on an iPad. Uh, yeah, and on iPad, I currently have uh, one terabyte of storage on my uh, iMac. I've been using it for about eight years, and I still have s- around 700 gigabytes left of storage. Um, so I think that you know, two terabytes is is definitely. I know I'm I'm pretty sure that Apple knew that no one is going to use it for two terabytes, but it's definitely a cool feature that a lot of people will. Um, once they hear that, mm-hmm. they'll be kind of impressed and be more inclined to purchase it. Um, yeah. Not that they'll use all two terabytes. Like, as I mentioned before, no one is going to kind of use it for work uh, to run those bigger applications. So there's kind of no point of putting two terabytes of storage onto an iPad. In my opinion, I feel like iPads are mainly for college students or school kids because it's amazing for taking notes. You have the Apple Pencil, you have the new keyboard, it's compact design, and like it has a touchscreen which a MacBook or a laptop or an iMac won't have. Mm. So I feel like this will be much more useful for those who will use the features that an iPad provides. But yeah. otherwise, a laptop is so much more powerful, more efficient. I think the iPad has a lot of potential, and if they somewhat market it and I guess work on the software like a Surface does, mm-hmm. it would it would uh, be a huge competitor in that industry, the touchscreen computer industry and stuff like that, as it, it would be able to download stuff that it previously wasn't able to. 
So yeah, that's what my thoughts on it is. I think that um, even for college and university students, although there is that kind of touchscreen feature and there's that ability to kind of take notes easily um, with the Apple Pencil, I think that even even still, um, that's not a you shouldn't have that as a complete replacement over any yeah. desktop or laptop. I think that it would work a lot better if it was paired up with you know a laptop or a a yeah. desktop. I think that you can't solely rely on an iPad um, for work. Um, but even then, um, the price for it is, I, I believe that the, um, the price is in the um, thousand, I think. A base so, model starts yeah. at 799 and the larger one, I think is 1099. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 799, I don't believe a lot of um, yeah. college students will afford that just for the touchscreen feature. Um, there's a lot of alternatives to that. I think also that, the cheaper iPads are just as good. Yeah, um, cheaper iPads, but I think that um, if I was a college student and I needed a computer that had touch screen, um, if I think instead of buying a, a completely new um, iMac or um, MacBook and plus a um, iPad Pro, I'd much rather purchase a Microsoft Surface. Yeah. or any other um, computer or laptop that has touchscreen um, over a Mac product. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, Apple products, though they're very nice to have, mm -hmm. they're obviously, they have a bit of, um, you know, expense to it because of the brand name. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, sometimes it's the price doesn't correlate to the, how good it is, but it's Apple, so there's obviously going to be a premium on it. Yeah, it's unrealistic to have all of this. Like, if you're gonna spend eight hundred dollars, you could get so much better. Like, even if it's not, if it's not like it's Apple software, yeah. like you could get Windows, you could get Surface, which performs the exact same as an iPad, but much more. Yeah. Like, there's so many other alternatives that are much better and more convenient than an iPad. Also, yeah. the largest iPad Pro gets a mini LED display. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I think that's really nice. Um, so when I think now it can have true black, I believe. So instead of mm -hmm. having black pixels, it just turns off the screen. Uh, I think that can be appealing to a ton of users who um, say you're watching a movie and instead of having these kind of black bars on the top of the bottom of the screen, it's kind of just pitch black. So it's a lot easier on the eyes, um, especially when you're doing work at night. Um, I know a lot of people um, are kind of these night owls and they do a lot of their work um, late at night. So having these kind of, um, having the display turn off instead of having these bright uh, black pixels is a lot, a lot better and uh, much more appealing for um, people like me who do a lot of work at night and um, needs a sort of OLED display like Apple is doing. Also the new iPad has a similar display to the Pro Display XDR, right? Uh, yeah, it has a liquid retina XDR display. Yeah, I found that really interesting, especially for like... Because this um, iPad costs 800 at space, the Pro XDR costs 5,000. Yeah, that's, so, that's Considering crazy. they could bring the screen like to look exactly the same, yeah. that's a really big improvement. Yeah. I think that Apple or this uh, new iPad Pro is less about work and more about media and entertainment. 
this one thing I didn't like on this that their whole spring design was to bring new colors, everything. Why can't they bring that to the iPad Pro? Like it looks, it has that silver and um, gray, which is a more mm -hmm. premium feel. I like that, but it would have been better to see like more colorful designs. Yeah, I think that I since it's a part of their pro lineup, it's supposed mm -hmm. to have less or more professional and more yeah. monotone colors instead of kind of more bright full colors um, you see that even on their iphones the that's true yeah the pro the um new iphone 12 pro max or whatever it is they bring four yeah and then your iphone 12 has it's six or seven yeah. and it brought back the new purple it's retro color i like that yeah. so uh i feel like the most uh, exciting uh, announcement of this entire uh, event was the air tags Apple really recently allowed uh, Find My uh, software to be open source or something, and uh, many companies didn't use it because of uh, what it meant for their company being controlled by Apple. And when Apple released AirTags, uh, what does that mean for that uh, tracking industry? I feel like this is a huge step in it because before there was like what the tile, and those cost around twenty-five dollars. Here it's a four-dollar difference just for one. And I feel like AirTags would be so much better than the Tile because of, like you said, their new Find My Network. It runs off the back of their iPhones, and if someone's like in like near an AirTag and it's lost, the location gets updated for that. In yeah. Tiles, they aren't as effective. They aren't integrated with iPhone like Apple does to their AirTags. And with the AirTag, you can easily track like how even how far they are, like if it's in feet, if it's the direction. It tells I think, you the exact way. Yeah, and I the battery it, is replaceable too. That's one yeah. thing. So they don't die out like the yeah. tags do. Uh, I think another thing that's uh, pretty impressive is that uh, so Tile basically advertised that in a big city, about one Tile user would be every block. And the way Tiles work is uh, it sends a ping out when there's a Tile to from a Tile, the tile any phone with a Tile app. And this is cool, but Apple does it way better because iPhones are very common, especially in the United States. Uh, iPhones are, you know, you would find at least like 10 in one block. And uh, instead of using the an app to do it, uh, every iPhone would send a ping out uh, to the AirTags, which is a lot more effective than the, the one user per block in a big city. Yeah, I, I think that if, you have an iPhone and you're debating on whether or not to purchase the AirTag or a Tile, um, definitely go for the AirTag just due to the fact that it's a lot more compatible with the Apple ecosystem. And um, as Anshul mentioned, um, Apple phones, it passively updates um, the location of yeah. whatever object the AirTag is attached to. Um, also, what Krish mentioned, you can also replace the batteries, which is really nice. I know that on older tiles, you weren't able to replace the battery. So once it died out, it's gone for good. You have to buy a new one. Um, but it's nice that Apple is kind of making it so that you can replace the battery. Um, they could have made it so that you can't replace the battery and that once it's died out, you just have to throw it away and then buy a new one, which is more revenue for Apple. But it's nice that they made it so it's replaceable batteries. Um, I believe that the battery lasts for about a year, which is really nice too, yeah. considering how small the uh, the uh, AirTag is, um, but yeah, I think that um, having it, especially as a teenager, 
uh, from kind of a high school perspective, um, teenagers are going to lose things very easily, um, whether that be you know a phone or uh, keys or any small object. Um, I think that with this new AirTag, they can just attach it to anything that they think that they might lose easily, and then you know once it's attached, it's um, all it is is just when you lose it, just go into Find My App, um, look for its general location, go to that location, then. On the app, it'll tell you the exact directions and how far away you are from the um, from the uh, object itself. And as a user uh, um, of the Apple AirPods, I've constantly, I've always lost my AirPods multiple times, uh, whether that be at school or at my house. Um, so just having this new uh, AirTag feature to be able to attach to anything is really, really useful. So for um, for people who are very uh, especially teenagers, teenagers who can lose things very easily. Yeah, it's very creative aspects as well. Like you could add new colors, you could engrave it with any like letters, emojis that you want, and the band you could put it anywhere. And it's, I feel like this will be a lot more useful to the market instead of like a new iPhone or iPad or iMac because most people aren't looking to upgrade their major products as much. But these smaller accessories, they don't cost as like in the hundreds or thousands. They're only $29. So oh, people will be more inclined to buy these. What do you think? Do you think it will be popular in the market and a lot I, of people will buy it? I think it will be very popular in the market considering uh, a lot of people use iPhones and mm -hmm. Apple products. And this is just another thing to keep you inside the ecosystem. Like recently they released the, not recently, but like a year or two ago, they released the Apple card. That's another thing to keep people inside their ecosystem so the you know you use an iphone you're gonna stay with an iphone that kind of mentality um yeah um there's I another thing uh, going yeah. back to your battery thing the replaceable batteries i think it's very surprising that apple would uh allow you to replace your own battery considering they sealed off their iphone so you can't replace your batteries on your own and you would have to go to the store and i feel it's very uh, surprising that a company that would on one side not allow you to replace the batteries or replace the screen uh, would allow you to replace the battery completely on your own and advertise it as your fe as a feature. That's kind of surprising actually because they look to make profits wherever they can in the smallest parts and over here they're saying that you can do it yourself without having to spend what 30 50 dollars on their Apple yeah. support. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like replacing then one of the newer iPhones uh, screen cost Ooh, in the hundreds in the hundreds yeah so yeah so um apple has always kind of been pushing as you mentioned Angel, apple has always been pushing for this ecosystem um whether that be you know in their latest AirTag or apple card or uh icloud account um they want to keep people in uh they want to keep current users using their apple products they don't want them to switch to other um android phones or uh say samsung or um one plus, uh, I think that um, included in this tag is more incentive for people to be a part of this Apple ecosystem because once you're in, it's really hard to get out and Apple acknowledges that and realizes that um, they have to make sure that people are more inclined to kind of get inside this Apple ecosystem or this kind of walled garden. Yeah, and so I think the last thing that was announced in this new uh, event was the purple iPhones, which is just a different color. 
nothing really changes in the iPhone. It's just a different color. And in my opinion, it looks kind of nice. Yeah, it looks nice. It brings a retro, a retro aspect back to the iPhone, like back in like 90s or 80s, it looks like. Yeah. It's not a very vibrant or bright color. It's just cool. It's it's nice to look at to the eye. I remember when they released the product red iPhone, it was really popular. It was kind of a new, brand new color um, for people. And it was contrasting to the uh, previous lineup of iPhone colors for um, um, multiple different uh, users. So I think that this purple iPhone is really nice and that a lot of people will buy it um, similarly to that product red iPhone. So yeah, that's it. That's all the talking for this week. Tune in to next week's podcast for a different topic of discussion. Uh, again, my name is Anshul Patel, and I'm co-hosting with Krish Arora. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you.